Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the CrazeCast, the podcast run by the fans for the fans that brings you close to the action. My name is Roxanne. Today I'm joined by my fellow host, Jay. Hello, long time no see. <laughs> to keep up with all of our content, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at CrazeMag and YouTube The Craze. And if you are watching this on YouTube, please don't forget before we begin to like, comment, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Make sure you tune into our channel and hit that bell for notifications for whenever we upload new videos. So today, it's been a while. It has been a while since we've really sat down and recorded, but we wanted to bring back another episode featuring another guest. And we have a special guest today. Her name is Brittany Press. We're going to let her introduce herself more. But if you're familiar with artists such as Omega X, AB6, Saran, chances are that at least in the US PR realm, you've heard of Brittany. So welcome to the Craze Cast, Brittany. Thank you so much for joining us and go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate um, giving the opportunity to chat with all of you. Um, like you said, uh, I am in the publicity sphere, especially in the US media. I am the director of PR and operations at Helix Publicity, and I get to work with a lot of amazing K-pop artists. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. My I know pleasure. we've been working this out for a couple of weeks now, and so we're finally glad to sit down and talk to you. So we're going to try to keep it casual, you know, talk K-pop, talk PR. You know, we want us to be a free-flowing conversation. So welcome, and it's a pleasure to finally meet you, at least in Likewise. this round. <laughs> I know. I, I feel like I've been emailing with you guys for, like, years at this point, and I've just never, like, sat down and like even done a call like this which is kind of sad now that I think about it it's okay it's happening now so yes. again we're, we're so thankful to even just sit down with you and get to talk to you so Roxy oh, if you, you. want to get it uh started go ahead sure sure so um how did you like get started in PR and what made you want to choose this path well um my career, as I've said in a lot of places at this point, has been a very weird and interesting one. Um, I actually, when I was coming out of college, wasn't supposed to go to PR. I should have become a lawyer if I would have done what I was going to school and everything for. But um, while I was in college, I was working at a law firm. And after I was in college, I was working at a law firm and I was absolutely miserable. And I didn't know what I was going to do with myself. Um, and then I wanted to enter book publishing because I was really interested in book publishing. I was a big reader and I knew I wanted to be in something in publicity or in marketing, um, but because I didn't do anything I was supposed to uh, because I went to the law path originally, I had to kind of create it from the ground up. So I became a book blogger, making myself a book influencer, got to interview a lot of great artists uh did my own I guess it's called like a Twitter chat now it's like where I arrange like the authors can interact with fans and then through that I got my first internship into book publishing is in publicity marketing um worked my way up to be a full-time person in publishing then realized it was too slow um to put a book out sometimes takes years so it was just too much of a slow environment um but then getting into K-pop, I've been a K-pop fan for over 20 years, but I didn't realize there was a K-pop job, essentially, because there wasn't when I was uh, first starting out as a K-pop fan. So it just never like seemed like a career path. And then, you know, K-pop kind of came up now and again in our media when groups were traveling here, they would, you know, do some of you know their promo here, but it was never really big. And then, of course, as we all know, BTS kind of changed that and um opportunities started opening up and then I got my first k-pop job at a Korean startup app I lived in Korea for a couple of months worked there um but that was really more on like the social media marketing side and I just knew at that point I wanted to be in PR so then I jumped over to a PR agency 
and then eventually ended up here working in PR specifically in K-pop. That is such a like a big turnaround for you. Yeah, it no, it's my it it's not linear in any means. <laughs> Would you I think like, though? It's like it's a good segue, especially for people that are like really young. That like just yeah. because you decide to study something, it doesn't mean like it's going to be your career. You can always like switch yeah, things up. That was really hard for me because I changed my career as you like three different times at that mm-hmm. point, and I was like can I still change my career at this point? And yes, yes, you can. It takes a lot more, even more hard work because if, like I basically started three different careers. Um, but if you're willing to put in the work and you know your stuff, it's definitely possible. Yeah. So advice for all the young ones listening out there, you know, if you don't feel like you're set on something, you know, you're never going to really be in one place forever, you know? Yeah. So uh, like... I think it's really cool that you got into book publishing like really quickly like what kind of like was it nonfiction? it was YA so like oh okay yeah so I worked in YA so very fandom based like stuff I did work with like other titles like I had an internship where I was working nonfiction, which made me absolutely miserable (laughs) um and then I worked at one place where it was like really expensive, like coffee table books, like, you know, like the books that cost like $200 that are just meant to sit on your coffee table. Um, so, but YA was my favorite. I, bet, I was like, that sounds cool. It's just like being a book nerd. I was like, oh, I wonder what title she got to work with. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, so, so many titles. Um, I can't even keep up with them because a lot of them I did end up working with when I was a book influencer. So when that, when that happens, you get like free books to review and so on. So I have a bunch of free books and then in actual like book publishing, at least per quarter, I probably only worked like somewhere between like two to 10 books per quarter, depending on like what was the release schedule Mm -hmm. of that and you know, how big the team was. So you kind of answered somewhat-ish my next question for you in this case of, but you mentioned that you're, you've been a fan for K- of K-pop for like 20 years. Like how yeah. did that even come to be? Like, how did you get started in that? And it's just like, kind of want to ask you like, you know, because you've been a fan for so long, like seeing the progression of K-pop yeah. throughout the years, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, the first part is how, so when I was little and still to this day, I was a big anime fan. And um, Boa did an OST for an anime I was watching. So then I was like, who's Boa? <laughs> and so I went down the rabbit hole, who's Boa? I started liking her music. And then um, she did a showcase for uh, TVXQ um, for their debut, which that was, they were probably my first first love back then and then I just kind of gone from there um in terms of watching K-pop, K-pop changed so much <laughs> in the last few years and it's not just last few years over time I remember trying to consume K-pop when I was you know middle school it was really difficult there was no streaming platform you were hoping that someone would put up the variety show in like five parts on YouTube um there were like forums where you could like watch performances or like listen to the music. It, it was a lot. And now it's just like, well, I just have to go on YouTube and, you know, search and there it all is. Yeah, we, we've definitely, at least amongst me and Roxy, like I have been a fan a little bit longer. So I definitely feel for that. And when it was on Live Journal and MySpace. Oh my God, Live Journal. I, I remember Live Journal. <laughs> I was just like, I won't be surprised if like in the past, like maybe possibly me and Brittany have put cross paths at one point, it's you know, so possible because it, it was, was small, so, right? It was very, very niche. And yeah. it was kind of like, I, I'm sure in some circles it's still the same, but it was in like, at least where I grew up in regular society, it was weird to be in K-pop. I know right. some days it's st- in some places it still is, but it's more common now. Whereas back then it was kind of like a hush, hush. Do you like K-pop? Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and then you would just like never tell anyone else around you because you would get bullied. Right, it. right. Dude, and- I was even bullied in my twenties, like in 2015. Yeah. My boss oh, would bully me it. about it. I was like, shut your mouth. 
you anime watcher you can't talk shit (laughs) okay that's even worse because I feel like an anime watcher or an anime fan should understand like the pain of like having to like talk about something that people just don't seem like something to be into like we can watch all the seasons of Game of Thrones but you know god forbid we watch something animated or something in a totally different language yeah right and it's just like oh man brings back days of when we were used to be like that it's like man now all Mm -hmm. you kids have it so much more easier now because it's mainstream (laughs) yeah but I'm honestly I'm relieved like uh, I'll be honest I went through a phase where I was like really bitter about how easy it was to get to but also I was like but now I don't have to dig now it's just one search away and I'll find it and I'm so glad and I hope it you know continues um one of my biggest fears in this industry and it's actually one of the things uh helix is trying really like hard to prevent and is that this will be a fad because there's a lot of people at the top of the music industry who would love for this to be a fad and for this to go away and you know i we've come so far it would be so depressing if we went backwards um but there's just as many people who want to keep it around there's just as many people who don't want to keep it around so it's, we did it's we did touch on that when uh, we spoke with NYC K-pop queens. It does seem like there is a whole host of people in Hollywood that really want this to go away as soon as possible. Yeah, it's not just Hollywood. It's you know, it's a lot of people at the top, a lot of like old school music people, especially like in top of radio and stuff like that, who just you know they think of it as kind of like if you think of like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and stuff like that, like One Direction. It eventually went away and it wasn't the phase anymore so they just kind of think of k-pop like that but k-pop is more than just like oh this is the time of the boy bands time of the girl groups it's so much more and even in talking about k-pop when i had to talk about it i had to talk about k-pop as like the blanket term even for artists who are like hip-hop artists or rap artists because they're korean but that's unless you know the top of the industry can put it under a blanket they don't listen so I can bring a ballad singer and then they're like oh so it's k-pop I was like well no but I guess we're gonna call it that um it's not too dissimilar how we have pop music and that kind of encompasses you know everything but it's very frustrating yeah yeah it kind of goes into the realm of like if we talk about you know latin music you know there's only like one exactly. latin you know exactly. category but it's just like, no, but they're in different facets of music too. Mm-hmm. But it's they- really frustrating. Um, I hate that any music in other languages are put in like a genre like Latin, K-pop. Like I th- it's limiting and it's limiting by design, which is really upsetting. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure I could rant all day about how messed up industry <laughs> the media oh, industries are it, it is me but every single day <laughs> we just like need to overthrow all of them like the exactly. the old people need to get out it's like presidencies we don't want old people running anything <laughs> like, it's too much <laughs> <laughs> well more so the running people out it's just like we have to learn how to navigate it to make it make sense for some people who are resistant like to this day even my mom who's you know used to me being an anime to this day she's like can't you like anything like norm she'll say normal and I was like but then I'll be posting about my clients on my Insta. she's like I like him I I was like yeah isn't he great or isn't she wonderful and she was like well I wish it was more like this I was like there's thousands of artists mom (laughs) and it's just that's kind of how it's like dealing with people at the top it's it's for some reason they can't get past this bubble and I don't know like what like what made them create this bubble and I feel like they would just enjoy it more if they would just stop putting a limit on it because you know but they want to put a limit on it because they want to belittle it and I'm going to go in I go into this rant all the time about like if it's something where the fan base is majority female then it's just like oh it's you know it's for young girl that's like it's really not I know fans who are 12 I know fans who are 50 so <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah and it's just like we're we're technically recording on a day where it is very momentous for music today mm-hmm. and so it's could or could be- not be either way there will be a riot yes so. well there seems to be a riot about almost everything, everything. <laughs> very true. I, I, 
like I I just think it's it's gonna be one of those controversial nights again you know I think and it ranges towards all the categories you know so it's not limiting to specifically k-pop because we know a certain group is there performing today but it's just like it it comes down to like well this music industry does not like change they don't like no and so it's hard and I totally see the frustration there and it's just you're like we like we all are fans of k-pop and we want to see it acknowledged for what it is and that it's not this little thing it it's bigger than that and then it 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 kind of expands into other genres of music you know like you were mentioning Britney like you were into anime j-pop is very much a thing j-rock is a thing and it's just like they sell out so fast and yet bubbled oh it's it's frustrating so we at helix we also work with japanese artists i want to work more japanese artists but the problem is because it's so limiting that unless someone's like the top of that industry and touring here army it doesn't care like at all like they could be selling out thousands to millions and they don't care and you know we want to you know help many different asian artists not just in k-pop um, not to Japanese artists. Um, I've worked with many Asian artists from around the world. And it's so frustrating how hard it is to break them. Um, even with Japanese artists, I've tried working with more, but the problem is they know that they are not well received here. So like, they're like, why do we do this? Like, why should we try it? We're not wanted there. And it's really sad because they're so talented and there's so much talent from around the world. And you know, there's conversations about how like, well, we can't like listen to everything. I was like, yes, we can. It's the digital age. It's easier to listen to everything now. So why are we doing this? <sighs> Big frustrations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can only hope for change, you know, so I, I totally get it. I like I can't even imagine what it is working in PR. And then you're like, I want you to grow. <laughs> you know there's so many frustrations with that but like it there's frustrations in like working with the korean agencies there's frustration with working with people in the media uh i always joke that publicists and essentially where everybody's punching bag because someone is always angry at you about something um and you just kind of have to like roll with the punches and like kind of not necessarily roll it off your shoulders because we're people but like do the best you can do in any of those circumstances and I mean I'm not gonna lie Brittany you're doing a great job what you guys are doing at Helix you guys are doing such good things and so like you know we like full transparency out there who are listening to the Craigscast we have worked together in the past this is not anything new it's just like so we we get to see the hard work of each other you know so you know it's just like if you are not looking out for Helix right now like Dude, come on. Whoever's listening, watch it. Come on. (laughs) Thank you. That was so sweet. I really appreciate it. Yeah. um, I love the team at Helix. Um, We all work really, really, really hard. Um, I was telling someone the other day that like, this is not a job where you're, it's nine to five. It's, you're kind of always gone. Like if I get breaks, it's Friday night into Saturday. After that, it's work, 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 work. Yeah. I don't think people realize how much work like doing K-pop stuff is because you get showcases that are at like mm-hmm. 4 p.m. Korean time. That's 3 a.m. in yeah. East Coast. And like all of us, I feel like it's the media section is still a niche. So we're all kind of like trying to support each other yeah. in this realm because we're all up against like the general like media. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's hard. It's hard for all of us to like get anywhere it's super hard and you know going back to the time zone thing i've had press days where i've started listening into like the interviews i've set up with different clients at 1 a.m and ending at 7 a.m and then having to you know do my regular work hours starting at 9 a.m um because it's difficult uh some people have asked me would it be easier if i was in korea not really because we work with u.s media and u.s media you know they work nine to six let's just say and then korea like that's basically as soon as the u.s workday is over their day is just starting so you kind of have to like pick and choose what is worth it to you and like what work needs to be done in that moment and to be honest when you the more clients you have the more work you just have and for me personally 
I feel less anxious even if I'm staying up working later because my job lets me put boundaries, but I don't want to put boundaries necessarily because I want everyone to do super well. And this music industry specifically, it's all about the grind. Like it's just built that you have in this way that you have no other choice. If you're like passive and you try to like try to do nine to five, nine to six, it's just not going to get anywhere unless you are lucky to work with an already established superstar. That does actually kind of lead into our third question. Um, so like, can you tell us more about like the day-to-day -day at Helix or like some behind the scenes moments? Just cause I feel sure. like it's a thing that like people don't fully understand, you know, all the work that goes into it. It's really hard. Um, Describing a day-to-day, -day, I mean, it changes every day depending on what our clients are doing. So I am basically, I oversee all the employees here at Helix. So, uh, you know, the day starts out with, I'm checking when, in with all of our employees, like how their parts, the campaigns are going. Cause I'm on every single campaign, but then there's other publicists below me who are also working on the same campaigns um, because we believe in trying to, you know, pursue every angle and like in PR and it's not just in K-pop, you're always trying to think of what other thing can you talk about to make this interesting to the journalist, the reporter, the blogger to get them right about your artist versus another artist. So the beginning of the day always starts, I'm checking in with everybody and also I'm checking in on the millions of text messages I've received from my clients that I missed while I was sleeping um but then it goes into what needs to be done for the day so maybe that day I'm pitching people for a new release that's coming out maybe I'm spending time networking with reporters and journals who I haven't worked with yet or I have worked with but like we you know I want to establish a better relationship because here at Helix we don't want to send hundreds of blast emails and not know what the other person on the other end wants. Um, we hate clogging up emails. I mean, I hate writing millions of emails. So if I can write a little bit less, so there's a selfish part of this too, but like, you know, it works so much better if I, the person I'm emailing on the other end actually wants what I'm sending them versus I'm just sending it out into the void and hoping something happens. Um, and then there are days where let's say my client released something. So are they doing a showcase? Am I watching this showcase? Am I sitting in on all their interviews? Um, it just changes based on whatever needs to be done and what our clients are doing. And it also depends on the type of campaigns we have. Some of our clients, they don't want to do interviews. They just want their music sent out for features, reviews, roundups, and other ones, you know, basically want us to like be with them through every little thing they're doing down to you know what they're posting on social media this week so it changes depending on what our clients need and what campaigns we're working at that time i kind of want to segue a little bit off of that similar to that topic of you know because you're doing so much and i roxy knows i'm the big mental health wellness <laughs> nut in the two like in the team so it's just like it sounds like there is a lot of a lot and mm -hmm. definitely recognize it. So how do you yourself, you know, take time for yourself to practice self-care, you know, avoid burnout and just pushing through all that you have to do, you know, because I think what people don't realize is because we're in a special space of being in K-pop and we are in different time zones, it, it's hard to put things down. Oh, you 10, know, and so it's just like for those who are listening and, you know, this may be a possible, you know, interest of career for you, you know, for you, you know, how do you take care of yourself, your team, you know, on that realm of, you know, working such a high paced, high energy kind of field? It's really difficult. And I would be lying if I said there weren't a few times where i burned out because it even happened in the last week I burned out by the end of the week I I've just found myself staring at my computer and doing nothing because like I could not read another word and I was so beyond tired and the fact of the matter is when you have the free time take the free time like I said my free time is Friday night and all of Saturday mainly because my Friday night is their 
is my client Saturday morning. So they are not contacting me or doing anything. Even if they're working, they're not like working in a sense like they're contacting me about it. Um, and then Saturday is, you know, their Sunday. So I, I completely shut off. Like if anyone sees me on social media, like I really don't post anything. I'm, I completely disconnect um, as much as I can when I have the free time to, because it's so important, especially since there's so little of that free time. Um, what's harder about my position, I guess, is because I'm, you know, kind of in charge of everyone who works here. I really care to make sure like my employees don't burn out. So like I will take on more so they can end work at a normal time, which obviously is not great for me, but it's sometimes it's better that way. I'd rather the people who, you know, work for me have more of the boundary. But again, this industry is all about the grind and sometimes you can't avoid it. So anytime I work with, you know, an intern or assistant or anyone who's talking about this, you have to love this. You have like you to deal with the hours, to deal with the stress, you, the highs of this have to make up for the lows of this for you. And that's the best way besides like taking the time when you have it is like, you have to love this. Otherwise it's going to be too hard on you. It's really, it's a really hard industry to be in. So you have to love it in order to survive it, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's the thing for, for younger people to know. It's like, even if you love it, you're still going to get burnt out. Like, it's just like, just being alive is going to take a toll on you at some point. Mm -hmm. So. And like the fun stuff, like every like I get a lot of questions like, oh, but you get to listen to the music early and you get to see this early. And it's like the, that kind of stuff is like 2% of everything else that needs to get done to get to that point. So yeah, I get to listen to you know music early. I get to go to shows and things like that. But to get to that, there's so many hours of other work that most people would consider tedious or like mind numbing to get to that. I've had, I've worked with interns who are like, I didn't realize this job was like this. I thought red carpets and stuff. I was like, that stuff happens, but it's such a small fraction of what we do. And all the work that takes to getting an artist to that point or supporting an artist who's at that point is so much other like backend work, grinding at your computer in a million meetings before you even get there. And a lot of people like can't, handle it I, I know it sounds silly but this it's a thing where a lot of people are just like I don't know if I could just sit at my laptop and be on the phone all day long or be on email all day long or just be running around nonstop. It's like then this isn't the industry for you you have to be able to do that and you have to want to do it yeah uh, I think it it like And also it's just like, if you're getting into this, I will just say, I'm not going to put it out there fully. Like I work a paid job where I I do what you were mentioning, you know, where Mm -hmm. I'm on the phone, I'm on the email all day. And so it's just like, if you can even immerse yourself in that realm and then also doing this, it's like, you have a better, a little bit better of advantage to do that. Mm -hmm. But like you said, you have to want it. You have to love what you do. And I felt that so hard. I'm just like, say a lot for the people in the back. <laughs> well, honestly, our magazine wouldn't exist if all of us didn't love what we were doing because. Right. Oh, I know. Cause is. I email you guys when I'm working at like 2 AM and someone replies and I'm like, okay, so we're all dying. It's <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> there, so are days, just- there are days I like sit down for an hour where I'm like, okay, I need to respond to all of these emails right now. Cause I, yeah. if I don't like, we're going to have an issue. Same. And it's like, I work on my lunch break. Cause I have a mm-hmm. different paid job too. So on my lunch break, I'm working on magazine stuff. And then oh, after work, like lunch break. I just like eat lunch while working. I'll just go quickly grab something and then I'm back at the computer. <laughs> that is the yeah. mood. I think we all are guilty of doing that at one point. It's like, I don't have time. Exactly. I need to eat. No, but like people just like, don't I'm the realize. queen of five minute meals, <laughs> at least five minute prep meals. <laughs> it's just like, what is, what is this? And like, uh, for for what it's worth Roxy's on the east coast with you I'm on the west mm-hmm. coast so it's just like if you don't hear anything from Roxy guaranteed you're gonna hear at least mm-hmm. so I'm awake still so it's just like it's like that's how we co- you know we have to cover for each other and it's all about the teamwork that goes into what we do and so yeah. and it's hard let's say like I do this all the time and I really shouldn't is I'll 
let's say if on a good night, I'll end work around like 9 p.m. And then that's, again, my clients are just starting their work day. And they're normally pretty good about like not bothering me when I'm not supposed to be working because they know what the working hours are. But then I'll look right before I go to bed, it'd be like midnight. I see like five text messages coming. I'm like, okay, I'll just answer real fast and then I'll go to sleep. And then next thing I know, I've been at it for like three hours. I was like, well, <laughs> I was supposed to have done that. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that's, again, it's, you have to know where to set boundaries. In some cases, it's like, it just can't because your client is doing something and it's really cool. And it's like, everyone needs eyes on this. Everyone needs to be doing something. But in the places you can put that boundary, put it because otherwise you're going to, and it's not just in K-pop, it's in any industry is there's going to be people who are like, well, I know she ends at like six, but she always answers up till then. And then it becomes an expectation. And then you're like, well, I don't work at this time. You're like, well, you've been working, you know, you've been answering us up until two in the morning for the last six months. So how would we know you're not okay with it? You have to find the places where you should set the boundary. Yeah. An out of office email reply is your best friend sometimes. Dude, I just put do not disturb on Slack. I at one point had an employee that would bother me like into midnight. And I was like, I'm not going to look at this oh. anymore. Like, I'm not. I mean, like I respect the people who could like work better at night. Like I'm a natural night owl. So like sometimes it is better for me, especially to grind away at an inbox. that's like growing because like we ha- I have my own inbox and then we have the general inbox, which me and the entire publicity team handle. So like that way, some people have some work-life balance is like not everyone has to be watching it, but like some days that inbox is insane. It's like, okay, no one else is working right now. No one else will be answering these things. I just need to grind and get through all these emails and then pray no no one responds well. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That sometimes it's just like you get that email and you're like, uh, Roxy's asleep. Okay, I'll answer it. And then in the like, I'll, I'll message her like, "Hey, I know you're asleep, but when you wake up in the morning, this is in the inbox." You know, mm-hmm. kind of situation. You've also where- like, you've also yelled at me for answering emails at like 10 p.m. You're like, yeah, "Why I'm are you like, doing I this?" I yell at my employees all the time if I see like um that their little light because it says green when you're active. I'll text them like, "What are you doing here?" what are you doing right now? <laughs> and they'll be like, I just have to answer this one thing. I was like, it can wait till tomorrow. And like, it really can't. And then they explain like, why I can't. And I'm like, I still feel like this could wait till tomorrow, but you're already going to finish it and sign off. I better not see you back on. And then they'd be like, but you're on. And I'm like, that's a whole other thing. We're moving past it. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't, don't look at that. <laughs> you know, like it, it, it's, it's definitely real because it's just like, Hey, and also it's just like, Hey, I know we're sleepy. I know we're tired. Hop off because you're yeah. not you're not producing your best work when you're like half asleep. So it's just yeah. like we try to make it a thing. It's like off, like power naps off are the best thing. I've taken power naps. Sometimes you just need to. Where I'm like, if I I've sent emails where you could totally tell I haven't slept in like three days when I wrote them, and I was like, this is not good for anybody. I'm gonna take a power nap and I'll just like put it in our group chat below my employees like. I'm taking a power nap. I'll be back in like half an hour. (laughs) Right. Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like I totally feel that. And so kind of leads into the next question of like, you know, since we're talking about the grind, the work, you know, what is the advice? And I'm pretty sure you get a lot of questions about this of like, what, what is advice of like, you want to give to people, you know, whether they're young, older, you know, they're just getting into it how to get into being in PR? Like, what mm-hmm. would you do specifically towards K-pop? Because it is an ever-growing field. More people are interested in it. So it's just like, how, what is some advice you'd give, you know, to those who are wanting to pursue this type of career? Well, first of all, it's very competitive now because now everybody's realized there are jobs in K-pop. But the same goes for being in PR in general, but especially in K-pop, you have to know your stuff. You have to be more skilled than the person next to you. It's not enough <clears throat> just to be a fan of K-pop. We're everywhere. We've actually always been everywhere, but now we're loud about it. Where before, like I said, it was very hush-hush and the like, now we're loud about it. And um, 
as an older fan, I'm definitely guilty of this. I try really hard not to, but it's like, I've been here for 20 years. What do you know? And that's awful of me. And I shouldn't do that because like all of our fan experiences are valid. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is you still have to know your stuff. Like keep in mind, like the debut groups today grew up on the veteran groups. So you have, so it's more than like, I'm a fan of one group. I stand one group. You have to understand how K-pop works even on a consumer level and on top of that your work skills have to be more than on par they have to be the best so like for first of all figure out where in k-pop or the music industry you want to be in that's going to be key because like i said i did this the wrong way so it took me a long time to get where it was where it could have been a lot shorter if i had a more direct route so the way you figure that out is but like obviously in school, but do as many internships as you can. Um, the tricky thing and the sad thing is, and I don't think it's just in K-pop, is when you put your resume and you show you did internships in a bunch of different places, some jobs like it, some jobs don't, but do as many as you can because you have to figure out where you're going to be. And that hands-on experience is going to tell you want to be. I've had so many you know, interns and assistants who come through who they're like, you know what, I just realized I thought this is what I wanted, but it isn't because stuff in college is not hands-on. There's no place in college really that they can put you in a perfect environment, especially in PR where our methods change all the time. Um, what the media wants change. all the time. It's, it's impossible to train it. You learn by like just being in it and learn how to be agile, but do as many internships as you want, like not as you want, but like as you can, I should say to figure out what it is. And once you figure out what it is, do everything you can. Like I've taken certificate courses. I've tried to network with many people who are in the same field as me. Now it's hard to network because all of us, especially in public, we're a little bit cagey because we deal with so many different people. And there's a lot of like territory wars and like PR, like that's, that is the thing. Um, but there are some of us, like I have people who DM me on home, like, can you just tell me this? I'm totally fine with it message me on LinkedIn, DM me, tweet at me. And I'm going to tell you the same thing. Internships and networking opportunities. You can network. There's a bunch of K-pop events now. And don't discredit someone just because they're a fan and don't work in the industry. That fan is grinding to be in that career. So like be friends with everybody. You don't know where they're going to end up. So like those are my two keys of advice is network as much as you can. But when you network, don't be obnoxious. Like if someone is not answering you, don't send them like, hi, you didn't message me. I just want a minute of your time. If they're not giving you a minute of time, they don't want to give you a minute of their time. But there are people who will. So just be nice, be thoughtful, network and internships. Ooh, where were you when I needed? <laughs> just kidding. Um, I just, no, and, and I think it applies to all fields, you know, yeah. wherever you are. And I, th I think that's just a, really key advice and I'm really glad that you said that because really it really matters of who you keep in your circle and just you know like yeah Try not to burn bridges also yeah. oh it's <laughs> a big one absolutely absolutely and then again like I'm not against any fan who comes through and is like I'm a fan of k-pop I want to k-pop like that's really great in my opinion and I unfortunately it's not a big opinion being a fan you can't make someone more passionate than you can make a fan about something. But being a fan in a lot of places is a red flag because they are thinking this person is just going to be like, oh my God, I'm so excited, which is a professional field. They don't like that at all. So being a fan is not enough. And in some, depending on who you're talking to, which you have no way of knowing, they might, that might scare them. I've worked in some PR agencies where they said, if it's a K-pop fan, just say no. As soon as they say K-pop fan, reject the resume. I've been in jobs like that. And for me, it's a prerequisite when I'm looking to hire someone here because K-pop is such a large, wholly encompassing thing, even as a fan. And it's hard to teach someone who's totally out of it to get into it because it's overwhelming. It's a really overwhelming you know, thing to get into. So for me, I want a K-pop fan but at the same time, I have to be very mindful of when I have a K-pop fan because there's certain things I have to worry about. Like I've had interns who have 
met an artist and they could not stop acting like a fan where I was like, oh my God, you're just so wonderful. You're so great. You're so that when they're spending time with us, it's their private time. It's their training time. It's their prep time. It's their work time. They're not on in the artist way. So that makes them really uncomfortable. Um, at the same time is what people in the industry don't like working with fans is fans want that like 1% or that 2% I was talking about of like going to the concert, getting the music early. And if they don't get that particular thing, it's been a thing where those people uh, slack off in their other duties because they only care about that one or 2% and everything else just kind of meh. And so they don't put as much effort into it. Now, of course, this isn't true for everything, but that's what works against you when you're a K-pop fan. Yeah. I feel like some people are, are like idealize the idea of like being in media and like, say you meet a group, you're doing an interview. We just did mm -hmm. one with blitzers. And like, the only thing Love I can them. think when we're doing that is like, keep it cool. Like I, there are certain mm -hmm. types of people you don't want in that environment because you don't want to make the artist uncomfortable. You don't want them to think like, right. That you are freaking out or you have to be professional. And I think that's right. the thing that some people don't really consider. And like, yeah. sometimes being like overly like, oh my God, you're so amazing. You're perfect. Like scares the artist. <laughs> like, it terrifies some of them. And yeah, that, that's not something, out. it's not like flattering. It's like, like they're, they're a normal terrified. person. If a person yeah. comes to you and is like, oh my God, I love you so much. You're so perfect. You'll be like, wait, hold on. What are you talking about? There's just a time and a place. Cause like, I'm not going to lie. There's some artists when I'm on the phone with where I'm just like, you guys are so great. You're so wonderful. But like, if I were to come and be like, oh my God, you're they're going to like go like this a little bit. There are times where it makes sense. Like if they just did a great performance, then I can be super hype. And I'd be like, oh my God, you guys were fantastic. They're dancing. How much training did you do this? There are times and places for it. And it's just, you have to realize they're a person. Would you want someone on a zoom call at two in the morning hyperventilating at you and talking how great no you want to get your job done and again I get it there's definitely people who I've met or artists I've met that I really wish I can been fans for a long time where I needed a minute to collect myself or I just like, well okay well I love this artist so much I need a second but I have to you know center myself and act professional and then you know I get off the call call a co-worker whoever was with me or a friend and be like oh my god you'll never believe it I just did that's your moment to like freak out um but again I for me it's a prerequisite to be a k-pop fan to work with me in k-pop but at the same time there are certain factors because I knowing what it is to be a K-pop fan that I'm looking for. I'm like, can you handle this environment where A, the one thing you want is one to 2% of the job. And two, when we get to that one to 2%, are you going to be able to handle it on a professional level? Say it. <laughs> Sorry. I was just like, oh, yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, totally have been there. There's been times where me and Roxy were just like, after it's done, like, are we good? Are yeah. We, are, are, yeah. Are, like check in with each other. Like you don't show it when you're talking to the artist. It's when yeah. you're done. Cause I've done that where like, I've flipped out. Like the second mm -hmm. we got away from them, I just like fell over. Yeah. <laughs> so it was yeah. like, but as long as they don't see me do it, as long as I don't show that, cause I don't want my brand to represent that. We don't want exactly because then they're not going to work with you if they think that you are off the walls a little bit about it. Exactly. Like I've worked with some even Korean agencies where they're like, how did you get into K-pop? And you say, I'm a K-pop fan. And you can see the utter panic that flashes over their face. And I was like, no, 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 I promise it's fine. <laughs> I'm not going to do this. And then I've been in cases where they don't want me to meet the artist because they know I'm a fan and they're afraid of how I'm going to act. Now, of course, some of that plays into the fact that I'm a female. And, you know, we get a lot of that, you know, like guys don't get this. There's, there's guy K-pop fans too, but they're, they, I've never seen it anyway, where they get treated this way, but females especially do. So it's great if you are a K-pop fan and, you know, um, I'm so glad that you're in this industry full of amazing, talented people, but you have to, just like in everything in life, pick a time and a place for how you're acting.
Yeah, definitely. Like super resonate with that. And yeah, I, I'm pretty sure like we we can go on and on forever about like, hey, this absolutely. happened. You know, yeah, it's just like, you know, it's just like I've oh. been this I've been on calls or I've met clients where the second they've walked away or the second the Zoom call ended, I just went, oh my God, did that just happen? Is that real <laughs> life? And like I'll scream and I'll call like a friend or I'll call a coworker who was on it who was also freaking out during and like that's totally okay and that's totally valid and that just means you're really excited about your work and you know really excited that you're working with someone you admire so much um so there's nothing wrong with that even though a lot of people want to tell you there's something wrong with that yeah so like really insightful all like really really like good things to take away from, you know, getting to speak with you, but we want to get to know you on a little bit more of a personal level. So we want to know who's your favorite K-pop groups. <laughs> Who do you want to oh, work with? <laughs> oh, this is awful. I hate this question. I'm sorry. I have to ask. I, no, I, I know. I get asked it all the time. Who's your favorite K-pop groups? The truth be told. So I mentioned before how I got into K-pop. So my first loves of k-pop are probably still my first loves today so i love jinsu and jejun um who mm-hmm. are former tvxq who are doing solo stuff now um i just love their music i love their artistry um i love monster x i love my group omega x it's really hard to be in k-pop and be a k-pop fan because like my clients encompass so much of my k-pop time so when i'm unplugging i'm not doing as much so those are probably my favorite. Oh, I also love Ace. Let them come back very, very soon. <laughs> um, I have like my K-pop playlist. Like, can go for like a month long straight because I've just been in it for so long. Same, same. Yeah. same. Honestly, <laughs> like I, I, I recently found a second gen playlist on Spotify, and I'm like, bring oh. back all the memories. <laughs> I miss this era. <sighs> so I guess. No, go second ahead. gen is so good so I always consider myself like 1.5 because like TVQ super junior and stuff they're like a little bit outside to like second generation I know there's a debate over the second generation or the first generation um I consider them like 1.5 and that music still hits so hard today like I know the choreography isn't as amazing as it is now because the inquiry now is just insane like i if you wonder like how everyone's knees and backs aren't broken i promise you they are <laughs> i promise you that they are they started them young so that they can do yeah. it for like a year yeah, i and promise then... you that they are um but there's something to also be said about just like the vocal color of like second gen groups that like i miss so 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 much um i actually went through a bout of like k-pop depression and like actually the group that brought me out of that was like monster x like early monster x i still love monster x um but they they in my opinion at least in the early part they they kind of had like that second gen like quality to it now like they've grown so much and have such an amazing career um in terms of working with people I really want to, I mean, I w- I'd love to work with my favorite artists, but I also, I really want to work with like Sunmi, Chunga, like these powerhouse, like female solo artists who are just killing it. Um, I really love to work with Ailey. Um, oh. I'm really into like the female soloists right now. Um, also because like, I know they get attention, but in my opinion, it is not enough. Um, when I'm pitching a group, it is so much easier for me to pitch a boy group. Like if I have a boy group, it is very easy. I'll get responses ready. But as soon as I get to the female solos or this, even some of the girl groups, it is so much harder to get their attention, like get people's attention. Um, and I don't quite understand why. I know there's a lot of differences in girl group and boy group music typically. And I, I get that. But at the same time, I'm like, they're just as talented. They work just as hard. Their vocals are just as amazing. And so I would really love to work with more um, female artists, but especially like female solo, solo artists. Again, if I work with a girl group versus a female soloist, 
it is 10 times easier to get a girl group than it is a female solos featured, unless you are a Sunmi or a Chaga. And that, the reason I want to work with those ladies, even though they definitely don't need my help, um, it's people at the top of the industry, which is going to make it easier for the people who aren't at the top. So it's going to take powerhouses like them in order to make room for others or to like hold open the door is what I like to say. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I, I've definitely gone on this podcast. I'm like, can we get more girl groups, female artists mm-hmm. in 2022, please, please. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, just really fun. I really hope, you know, you also are able to do that just because, you know, we are in this industry together in some sort of way and there's solidarity mm-hmm. in it. And so it's just like, yeah, totally yeah. agree. More females, please. Yeah, like I recently got to work with Huyen from Mamamoo for her solo activities and oh, such an inspiration just to listen to her talk about her music and understand everything that she's doing and going through. I respect her so much. I love Mamamoo in general and it was just definitely a moment where I was like, oh my God, I get to work with her. Really? Are you kidding? Um, but I want more artists in her vein because I think that they could change this industry in a way we haven't seen yet. Yeah, I definitely agree. Well, we've had fun. Anything else you'd like to add, Roxy, before we start wrapping up? I don't think so. I think we had a lot of great points to talk about today. So, yeah, yeah. well, we just want to say thank you so much, Brittany, for taking My the time. Pleasure. To- <laughs> taking it was the so time fun. To- yes, yes, definitely. You're more than welcome to always come back onto the Craze Cast oh, please. And-, <laughs> and join us. You know, I would love if you that. if you need a day to just be like, hey, I need a fangirl to something, and you know, not talk PR. You know, we do quarterly roundups, and we're like, hey, we listen to this. Oh, I might take you up on that offer because, like, <laughs> I definitely need that. Yeah, like come down if you want to ever chat with us about what is going on or you just want to like talk about other stuff aside from like the PR side, you know, you're always welcome here. We thank you so much. Thank you. Um, uh, Brittany, if you want to plug any of your social media, you could go ahead right now. Uh, Well, I am Brittany Rambles, R-A-M-B-L-E-S on Twitter and Instagram. That's mainly where you'll find me. (laughs) And yeah, where can they keep up with, where else can they find you? What, where should, where can they find Helix? You know, all of that. Well, our Helix handles on all social media is just Helix Publicity. You'll find out all the amazing artists that we're working on, on those channels. Um, I know you might get some people like, how do I apply to Helix? Everything's on our LinkedIn page. So keep an eye out on that. But yeah, um, if I'm not on my own social media, like you can check out like what I'm working on on the Helix publicity social channels. Awesome. Thank you so much once again, Brittany. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Thank you. Any last words, Roxy, as we wrap up? Well, you can definitely see some content from Helix artists over on our website. Uh, We do cover as much as we can (laughs) since... We all want K-pop to be bigger and better. Yes. Um, So you'll find all Helix artists as well as our other stuff on our website, Craze Mag, and on all of our social handles are at Craze Mag. You can find us there. And um, we are, the Craze Cast is available on all platforms. So please do give us a rating and review um, so we can keep doing great stuff. Anything else, Jay? (laughs) This has been the Craze Cast. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. Bye. Thank you you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.